You're listening to Creators in Saigon, a podcast based in the rapidly modernizing city of Saigon, Vietnam. I'm Dana, and together with my co-hosts, Tuesi and Nico, we interview the most inspiring creative entrepreneurs Saigon has to offer on topics about life, relationships, creativity, business, health, and more. We are all coaches specializing in different areas, but our common goal is to inspire you to reach your full potential in these areas and improve the quality of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of uh, Creators in Saigon. This is Tuesi. I'm with Dana and uh, our guest today, Guillaume. I know Guillaume for just about four to five months now. He used to be coming to one of the meetups that I was running with Nico, one of our co-hosts. It was uh, called Become Extraordinary. And we're doing this on Saturday morning because I thought at that time that being able to go to a meetup on a Saturday morning was quite extraordinary. <laughs> but I, I took a great liking into uh, Guillaume. He has a quite an interesting story. He's also from France. Yeah, Guillaume Rondin is a French expatriate living in Vietnam for three years. He owns online businesses and helps expats and investors on how they can find a job in corporate businesses and invest in Vietnam. So that's your uh, that's your general bio from your from your website. But what can you tell me more uh, about you? Hello, guys. I'm happy to to be here invited in this uh, podcast to talk more about uh, entrepreneurship and creator in Saigon. So yeah, I've been living in Vietnam for three years and a half. I have basically a community that I'm growing for about a year. Try to also, like you guys, uh, spread the good vibes we have in Vietnam. So trying to educate people, mostly foreigners, mostly French people, for them to foresee what's the opportunities in, in Asia, and especially Vietnam, obviously, because we're here. Yeah, this is the great. So I have a question now. We're going to go back into your personal history a little bit. I would like to know, uh, what was your motivation to move to Vietnam? And I know you've been here for three years. So what type of expectations did you have coming into Vietnam? And did all those expectations get met or how did it change? Okay, so coming back to the to this part of moving abroad, it was actually maybe a mix between uh, professional acceptation, expectation as well personal achievements. Mm -hmm. So basically I was in France at that time, I started to do and to grow my online business. Actually, I was just starting it a few months before leaving France. And when I started to make my first income online, I wanted to find a place where I could live with an affordable cost of living. And finally, I ended up being living in Cambodia for six months. Cambodia was a little bit a default choice because I had a friend living there. And it was for me uh, a first step to, to, move, to move overseas. And finally, after a trip, one of my good friends, I ended up discovering Vietnam and discovering Vietnam not only on the personal side, I would say, but also everything that you could have here in terms of opportunities for business owner. And here, basically, just to, to, to summarize, you have fresh young community. It's quite easy to, to, to meet up with expatriates, with locals living here. And my first month were a little bit decisive in uh, how I finally decided to move and settle here. Mm -hmm. Because again, I was first traveling and finally I found out that Vietnam could offer more than just a place uh, to travel. Yeah, yeah. And basically it was more this opportunity of connect with more people, locals and expatriates. 
And that's why at the same time, I finally ended up growing this community and showing what I discovered. I find out that as an expatriate and mostly as a foreigner living abroad, it's very easy to connect and we have more chance to, to, yeah, to basically interact with people. Maybe in France, I wouldn't feel comfortable reaching a CE level, you know, on the big company. And yeah. here in Vietnam, finally, it's something that is possible. Last week, I mean, uh, last week I had a, an interview with a C level from a, a kind of a big corporation here. Yeah. And it's something that just is possible when we are overseas. I love that you use the word discover Vietnam because I feel like I've heard a similar story where people, Vietnam wasn't really the destination. People were kind of just traveling around Asia and didn't really expect much from Vietnam. And then they get here and they're like, oh, what is this? This is like a hidden gem. And then they decide to stay. And then these people have been here for years and years. The story of expats who just come, travel, mm-hmm. either after they have personal, I would say, attachment to the country, either they have a girlfriend, boyfriend, or just the, the vibes that is spreading in, uh, in, especially in Saigon. Yeah. It's most of the time, it's either you like it, like you become so fun, or either mm-hmm. people cannot cannot stay with so, that. So, do you think your your profile is is typical? Did you ever consider yourself as a digital nomad? Yeah, so starting, to, so coming back uh, three and a half years ago when I was basically moving around Asia, yeah. I was more in the mindset of uh, bouncing around and being yeah. in a perpetual, how to say, like the dopamine that you have by being uh, a stranger in a, in, a, in a different country, not knowing anything, mm-hmm. with basically a lot of barrier, and that obviously will push yourself out in, outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And after reaching a point of maybe one year of traveling, I decided that, hey, you, you miss having a home somewhere, you miss having mm-hmm. friends, you miss having a place where you feel that uh, you belong a little bit to a certain community and country. And finally, I was nicely surprised to find in Vietnam all of the combination I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So again, this community, this ease of settling down, the opportunities of connecting to people and finally having maybe mm-hmm. some partners working with and some people joining your team and helping you to grow personally and, um, and professionally. Yeah. So you, you were talking about online business. Is this online business the same than your blog right now or is it different things? So for, for, in total five years, mm-hmm. I, I, I built website. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I created those websites. I found partner where, from what I could sell the products. Uh, let me explain more specifically. It's like, I'm not someone who used to create things. Mm-hmm. I was more a technical guy that could spend uh, six hours in front of his computer to be able to build a website. So it come from that. And finally, from this, I, I, I was, First, I want to get traffic to my website because, again, as a technical guy, I managed to make the website rank on Google. Mm-hmm. But when I had visitors to my website, I was more like, oh, what can I do with those people? And finally, I started to promote brands. So it was mostly um, the opposite, people who are very good in creating things, but they don't know how to sell those things. And I found out that yeah, I could be that person who can send people to some website. And of course, if those people were buying the products or the services, then I would I get the commission. Okay. So that was the online business that has your main source of income for the past years. Yeah. Yes. So for, for four years, it was my, my main source of income. And now I moved to Asia maybe 
uh, represent uh, from 10 to 20 percent of my income yes yes so um, of course my blogs and my other website are still very important mm -hmm. but step by step i am involving less time to be able to focus more on this this move to asia project that's perfect so that's a great segue to, to move to asia <laughs> so yeah i kind of wanted to ask how did that blog start like did you intend to turn it into a business or was it did it kind of just start out a blog documenting your journey here moving around asia and then maybe people were asking you for advice all the time and you're like okay let's just turn this into a business how was that so it first starts from also a kind of a crisis i had so coming back one year and a half ago because i was promoting other people's products i feel it's a bit empty uh, because mm -hmm. the, the topics I was uh, talking about on the other website are more dedicating to how to lose weight, how to uh, seduce people, how to earn money. Mm -hmm. And finally, this is always you have to touch the problems of the of a certain audience. And those audience will be, I would say, more willing to buy those solutions. Mm -hmm. Even if you know that finally those endings, those end solutions are not really effective. Because of of course, if you sell a training to teach people how to lose weight, you know that most of the part will be their, their, their own, I would say, motivation into implementing things. Mm -hmm. So you, I was ending up selling products that I was not 100% convinced that it would work. Okay. And this moral dilemma. Moral. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, kind of. And also the, the fact that I had also for for few years friends that are doing exactly what I'm doing now. So more, they are putting themselves out there Something is, is around their own brand. They are selling products and services that they build. So basically, they trust a lot. And I was always between. My ass was between uh, this kind of old technical guy that could make money online easily, but finally didn't feel that something was empty in the box. Mm -hmm. And and it was more the, 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 the beginning of this new project because I foresee myself into at least uh, trying to do video because at the beginning it was not uh, uh, professional and maybe even now there is still a lot of things to improve, mm -hmm. but it was more new challenges to take. Yeah. And from, from doing, I found out that it was quite an interesting journey so far. And of course, the more you do, the more you feel comfortable uh, with, the more you meet new people that are telling, oh, what you are doing is amazing. And finally you are in a virtual loop where you find out that everything is new it brings a lot of new opportunities and i found myself being more aligned with this new community and project rather than what i was doing before you're answering all my questions already <laughs> <laughs> can you give a brief overview of what is move to asia so that listeners know what we're talking about yes yeah so move to asia is was first a website that i i wanted to provide content about asia in general uh, obviously, because I'm living in Vietnam, I try to to share insights, personal experience and guides to help people go through the steps that I've been going through. So, for instance, as an expat, how can you settle down in Vietnam for a long period of time? So how can you find a job when things become more serious? How can you maybe get, get a reliable health insurance? Mm -hmm. And if you think about someone living in, in Asia for maybe five to ten years, how they can also invest, create companies and grow as well personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. So it was my main audience I was targeting. And from the, the first month releasing content online, mostly on the blog, I decided a little bit, um, because I was curious, building a YouTube channel on that, 
And it was first at the beginning in, in interviewing friends. Mm -hmm. Actually, you remember the yes. interview with Spain, <laughs> uh, with Tracy. It was more, oh, uh, I have some VQ asking me questions sometime. I'm not a VQ. I will find someone who can share mm -hmm. about his vision, about uh, his insights, a VQ coming back to Vietnam because that person will be more suitable. Mm -hmm. And from that, yeah, the community grow. And from the, the feedback of my audience, I start to build services and products. So it was mostly yeah, this journey of from the, the community trying to um, know more the challenges they were having and the, the goals they wanted to achieve and find out how, how I could help them the best. Yeah, it sounds like you are really grounded in your values in terms of community and you really want to make an impact that is meaningful and know that what you're selling and what you're doing actually is solving someone's problems and that it's helpful. Did you ever literally sit down and intentionally sort of map out what are my values and what is my mission or has it just sort of come to be? So actually I have the chance of having a girlfriend that uh, is into the self-development, I would say, uh, Cosmo. Yeah, the yeah. universe. Yeah. Universal. <laughs> and so she used to work for, I mean, yeah, no, she's used to work for Del Carnegie. So uh, Del Carnegie is the person who writes How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's like the maybe the, the, the most famous book that that person wrote. And so she's involved into the Del Carnegie Vietnam. So from the beginning, she kind of spread me a little bit her, I would say, influence of how can you have also to grow in terms of handling your emotion, finding your why, having really something that is aligned. So she had kind of a good influence on me about that, that purpose. And just randomly, like maybe a year after knowing her, I did, we did a, the yearly summarize. So what oh, was yes. good this year and what was not good. And I ended up writing on a piece of paper that I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. I see. You yeah. know? Okay. Yeah. And, and finally, that's, that was the initial step that made mm -hmm. me realize that every day I'm doing, I'm making money online, but you know, it's like, at the beginning, you like it. You you wake up in the morning, you turn on your phone, you see that you make commission during the night, that you make some product. But at the beginning, super exciting. But after a while, you feel that you are not really bringing a lot of value to this world. Some people buying products somewhere in the planet. You never see those people. You will never even interact with them because I'm not, again, the, the, the person that will deliver the product or the service. You are just one person, you know, the, a middleman that is yeah. somewhere, get yeah. money, but doesn't really add value to this world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everything starts from this. Yeah. That's such a, like, crucial... It, it's something that sounds so small. Oh, I just, you know, did a yearly review and realized that I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. But that's actually... So many of us just continue about our life, rushing through life, just do this, do that, do that. And no one... We don't tend to sit down and actually look at our life and be like, am I doing what I'm doing or what I want to do? Am I happy? Am I enjoying this? And then to actually take steps to make a change if you're not happy. And then all of the good that came out of that is amazing. Mm. I think everyone, I mean, we, we have a lot of a quarter, quarter crisis or 40, yeah. 40 years of crisis. Uh -huh. I think everything is linked. In the end, we find, we find that we need to to deliver something good. Some people, maybe we find this yeah. by having a family, by having kids and putting all their attention into their family. And I think maybe people like us who are more into uh, having to have uh, challenges every day and a uh, new thing popping up in their life. 
having this question of what what I'm willing to do during the next ten years if I if I could do this without have earning money is a good question that I think everyone should mm-hmm. ask themselves after a point of of their life. I can't ask question right now because he's making me think so much. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is great. I, wow, this this went deep. I, I totally forgot that your your girlfriend uh, worked for Dale Carnegie actually, but I think she was a great trigger in your transition. I think. The, so how how do you feel about the switch? Because I know, like, if if we don't talk about financials right now, I'm pretty sure that your move to Asia represent more than 10 to 20 percent of your time. And how do you feel about this switch then? And how do you feel about creating? Yeah, so I feel myself more fulfilled in creating things for Move to Asia again. Even if the other aspects of the other businesses are obviously going down, so maybe less sales, less growth. But it's something that I totally accepted and that I, I already told myself, if Move to Asia takes a year or a year and a half, now I, I have been launching the website more than a year ago. It's, it still doesn't represent a lot of money compared to my other businesses, but I totally agree with that. And again, I feel myself more happy after uh, having 45 minutes next to a sea level or even a friend who want to sell coffee. And I'm going to just say, hey, let's try to make something together yes. rather than uh, opening a new website about uh, losing losing weight in Italy <laughs> and making some money uh, next month. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand that. This is the reason why I'm I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's very fulfilling. I think. And you're playing the long game. You're not in it for like a quick win. It's like mm-hmm. no, this is you know the next ten years of my life. We can take it slow, take baby steps, and just build things up. Because I think things that build too quickly and grow too fast, that's not necessarily a good thing anyway. I wanted to ask, how has COVID? I guess you're not so deep into the business yet, but like how has COVID impacted this business? Because it does seem to be, is, is it helping people move here or more so helping the people who are already here? So we, we have two sides in the COVID. We have the people that are stuck at home in France right now. There is a quarantine. Yeah, yeah. So it also triggers some, I would say, emotional things that wouldn't happen in a normal time. Yeah. So some people are even more than than before willing to move overseas. They want something different. They want, they are even maybe willing to invest money to be able to have a different life because they struggle a lot for the last six to, to nine months. So this is, I would say, the pro. The other side that, of course, the border is still closed. So people cannot really take this step and uh, move overseas. But because, of course, I, I'm, I'm in the industry for quite a long time and I, I, I used to deal with partners in Vietnam, especially lawyers. There is a way for them to move overseas. So finally, right now, it's a little bit like everything is blossoming. Yes. Uh, because there is alternative for those people to come to Vietnam. We have both sides. We have those people that are a little bit frustrated. And now there is a way for them to come, especially as investors or experts. So there is still a way for me to, to implement services and to deliver them. And as you say, it's, it's a long term, it's a long term game. So if the people are not willing to move now, for me, it's still a way to uh, deliver content, uh, basically build a brand and show who you are. And, and those people will maybe follow you for, for six months, a year and decide to, to buy either your product or services in one year. And it's still, I'm still right with that. I remember before coming to Vietnam, I was obsessed following people on YouTube who were showing what the lifestyle is like in Vietnam because I just 
desperately wanted to know. I wanted to be there. I wanted to see what it's like. And I was just visualizing what my life would be like. And I was probably following those people on YouTube and Instagram for a year before I actually made the move to decide to come here. So yeah, just keep putting that content out. There's, I feel like there's those silent watchers who aren't necessarily interacting and they're not saying anything. They're not commenting, but they're there. And, and sometimes you realize that it will become your next customer. Yeah. Most of the customer I had recently, they didn't even, or maybe some of them commented on YouTube videos, but maybe it's more people that are going to reach you out after a few content and will say, hey, Guillaume, I need help. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, they are almost convinced mm-hmm. because they, they, they found your zone. They, they discover who you are for a couple of time. So it will be more, you can get, you can get an informal call with them and those people are willing to, to follow um, your, adv- your advice, taking your product or services. So I found out as a creator, it's a very good way to build trust and to have also this direct feedback from your audience. And after being able to deliver, I would say more smoothly product or services. Did you have any sort of imposter syndrome? Do you know this term? I'm always so curious because like whenever I went to start something new, especially with starting this podcast, I had this mindset of like, I can't do that. You know, like, who am I to start a podcast? I don't know what I'm doing. Did you ever feel that sense of like... You know the, you know the imposter syndrome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the fake it until you make it. A little the, bit, try this link or... Syndrome de l'imposteur. It's like you, you, yeah, you fake it, but you're like, in your head, you're like, everybody's going to find out that I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to find out that, I, that I'm faking it. And, but actually, you can do it, you know? It's, yeah. It's, usually on some topics, you will know... Um, more than 99%. I mean, you will know more than... I know what you mean. You know, like, a little bit more than someone else, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And on a specific topic, it's like you will ever know more than 99% of the people in the in the world mm-hmm. on a really very specific topic. And if you start by talking about this topic that you know very well, you will start to get confidence. Mm-hmm. And step by step, you can spread and open the scope of what you are talking about. And of course, I'm not an expert in a relationship, but I, I've been I've been dating someone for almost four years, so I can still maybe talk more than someone else about relationship, you know. Right. And and of course, when you get some credibility in a specific topic, after you can step by step open that scope. I I, I don't say I will make a video about doing real I mean, how to have a very good relationship, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like step by step, you're gonna impact more by opening the. I guess I, topics. I guess Dana's question was was more also about your insecurities. Like, yes. did you feel <laughs> when you started out of this? Did you feel insecure in some of the the things that you were doing, or did you feel some type of fear or vulnerabilities? Yeah, so especially because when I put myself on YouTube, mm-hmm. I I am not I'm someone who is a little bit introvert, mm-hmm. so I'm not very used to the the camera, and because I try to do my video in English as well, my accent is not proper mm-hmm. and during the first month you have a lot of what i call the hater you know, <laughs> the people who are gonna just come yeah. uh, leave a comment and leave yeah. most of the time they don't have any picture the name is not real and and finally it's, it's like you have to learn by doing so of mm-hmm. course the first time maybe you 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 get it a little bit here like on the hurt it's sensitive even sometimes you don't sleep very well, you know, when you have some time that do that and you have someone who come and come and come and comment. But I found out that after, after, after a few months, 
everything is more easy. And now if I have someone commenting, coming and commenting, either you have the community that are going to bash him back or either, <laughs> or either by yourself, you are just like, yeah, he's, he's totally fine. He's right. I don't have a perfect English accent. Mm-hmm. But so what? You know? So let's squash this right now. Why English? <laughs> Why did you choose English? So all the, you know, the audience understands. So there is two factors. I think deep inside, I wanted to challenge myself even more. Mm-hmm. I would say this is the, the positive side. Yeah. And the other side is when you think long term, you, you have to speak in English. And even still now, I have some French people say, hey, you, you have to remember that we're French. You have to remember that you are French. Or you, why not you do everything in French? Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to translate all the video in French. But even for them, I mean, if they are not able to at least understand a little bit English. If the, you are thinking about moving overseas, if you are thinking yeah, about... It's like, get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> the American is talking. <laughs> come on. Come on. In our, in our daily, yeah. uh, daily basis, what do we speak? We speak a bit of Vietnamese in the restaurant and then English. I'm yes. not speaking a lot French anymore, right? Yes. So, and I, I put myself three and a half years ago. My English was... Bad. Now it's a little bit less bad. <laughs> but, but I love that. <laughs> Not good. It's a little bit less bad. But you know, you still have to. I mean, now it's this is our main language we use every day. So. Of course, yeah. I, I just wanted to clarify this. I understand your English is amazing for me. I know there is an accent, but like you know, for me, uh, I worked with thousands and thousands of English students, and I kept on telling them, your accent doesn't have to do with how people understand you. You know, like you have a good English. And you have an accent. Your accent is going to be here for the rest of your life. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> but so for the uh, French audience that uh, might be listening to us, Guillaume is available in French, but please learn some English <laughs> if you are thinking about moving to Asia. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say before, I loved that kind of parallel you mentioned about, you know, I've been in a relationship for four months. I'm not necessarily an expert in relationships, but someone who's only been in a relationship for one year, for example, could still come to you for advice. And, but then you could go to someone for advice who's been, you know, married for 50 years. And that's such a good way to think about, because yeah, I feel like people think, oh, I don't know enough, or I'm not expert enough to help someone in this certain thing. But I think what you were trying to say is you just need to be one step ahead of someone to be able to help them. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. We need to be able to to start conversation. That's the most important. So whatever knowledge you have in, in general is whatever knowledge you're going to have for that conversation. So just put on the table what you know and, and engage in discussion, engage in exchange of information. That's always important. I have a little bit more uh, question about uh, your support system. I'm big into asking uh, the, our guests about their relationship with their parents. I, I, I want to see if there is a, a correlation between you know our guest success and how their parents uh, were supporting them throughout childhood. So can you tell me more a little bit about your your relationship with your parents and if they support your choices? Yeah, so I did I did I mean I went to the master, so basically uh, all my all my past was more dedicated to I will have a normal uh, past like everyone, you know, being employee. I choose like IT and mathematics, so basically yeah, it will be more to work for a bank or something like that. I did all my internship more to to go to this uh, industry. Uh, my parents were supportive until that. And then when I I was 20, 23 years old, and when I, with a friend, we start to do online business and we try to sell uh, a software, they were also 
supportive into my first switch. And I think because I was already someone who lived overseas in Hong Kong, I lived there for six months for my internship, they start to see that I was a little bit uh, going outside of the normal path. Yeah. So I think they start to get used to step-by-step. Step the Maybe Guillaume will be some, we do something different in the future. And every time, because I was more honest with them and saying, okay, it's, it's a new journey. I will start this for six months. And then after six months, I will just tell you what I'm doing and then see how it goes. So far, it, it was pretty smooth. And every time I had transition, Every time when I also had to move overseas just because I wanted, they were supportive. And I think now with the this new air of application and WhatsApp, I think the parent, I mean, the new generation will be more welcoming the kids to go overseas, at least to experience and to do things by themselves. So yeah, the, the relationship with my parents were pretty smooth. Pretty smooth, yeah. yeah. Good on you. <laughs> That's great. So And so right now, do you still have a communication with them or do you tell them? What's happening, or just like hey, you're just friends? <laughs> no, yeah, we 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 even were very close during COVID. Uh-huh. I think because the we were all stuck, it was even a way for me because my brother also live overseas, so it's mm-hmm. how we are on even maybe almost 24 hours. He's living in New Caledonia now. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. New Caledonia, Vietnam, and mm-hmm. France. It's like it's the night for him, it's the morning for for me. Mm-hmm. So we try to find adjustments and be able to keep. Weekly connections. Yes, yes. And so far, yeah, we try to keep in touch by message or I reach them out one time every two weeks. Yeah. We have we have a call. Yeah, everything is pretty smooth uh, so far. This is this is good. Like, Because um, in some of the, uh, my, from, in my personal life and uh, in some of uh, the guests there or many people that I've met, especially in Vietnam, the reason why I'm asking this question is because a lot of people suffer from, not suffer, but a lot of people don't realize that they, uh, they're experiencing so much parental pressure, you know, like for me, the choices to move abroad, for example, were not as simple as just saying, hey, dad, I'm, I'm going to move to, you know, there was a whole year discussion to have with him and there was a lot of negotiation and and it was very stressful in, in a way. And every choices that I made in my life was very calculated for that reason, because I was so scared of being rejected. You know, like every time I asked something to my dad, it was like, no, first, <laughs> don't you see that I'm working so hard? Don't you see like, you know, and it was all those things. And I've met throughout my, my tribulation around the world a lot of people like this, like you know, and we, and so I'm trying to to put this into the light is that there is a correlation between you know you you have a very smooth relationship with your parents, which probably helped you in making all those pivoting in your life. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you have the parents that are not really following your, or at least being supportive, mm-hmm. I guess it's even harder, especially the first months when you start your entrepreneurship journey and you are not making a lot, mm-hmm. uh, you are exactly in this fake it until you make it. If you yeah. have the parent on your back that are telling you that you will never succeed, yeah, yeah I guess it's, it's, it's pretty hard. Now, next to the uh, the next support system that you have, let's talk about your girlfriend a little bit. What role does your girlfriend have right now in your support system? Because it's very important for an entrepreneur to have a support system. Yeah, def- de- definitely. I think she has a huge impact on me, mm-hmm. on the positive side. Because, again, when you are an entrepreneur, when sometimes you do things that you are never sure it will work, having someone on your side that will you, uh, oh, what you do is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I would do that. Oh, you can you impress me, you know. Just having this small recognition from your girlfriend or a pair or someone around you, mm-hmm. it's, it will always help you to, to be on track. Yeah. Because when we are self-employed like this, sometimes we have some partner, but it's hard to really share. When we have, you know, we have like to celebrate the victory. 
Yeah. It's super important we are, when you are an entrepreneur because you need to keep that momentum to be able to grow. And when you have someone like this who even the first small customer that you're going to invoice 60, I remember the first time I sell the, 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 my first product related to Move to Asia, it was a training mm-hmm. about how can you find a job. It was 67 euros. But still, I remember I went with my girlfriend and we went to a restaurant. And, even, and we, of course, we burned more, more than 67 euros. But, but it's the first achievement. And, and it's always um, good to have someone like this on your side who understands also you when it's hard. Mm-hmm. I know she had a very good impact when I was very down. Again, one year and a half ago when I was like struggling about what I should find better for my, for my, for my next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And having someone that asks you the right questions and being able to tell you, okay, what can you do? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but I cannot do video. I cannot uh, put my, myself on YouTube. It's so hard. Yeah, but try, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember the first time uh, we shoot the video, she was there and she corrected me. Almost every sentence she corrected me. <laughs> you shouldn't use that term. Yeah. Uh, this word is not good. Like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you do a Francism, stuff like this. I see, yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, of is course. Is she French as well? Or? No, she's Vietnamese. Okay. She's Vietnamese local, actually. She, yeah. she studied in Finland? In Finland, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So she speaks quite good English. And, so, and also because she has this kind of corporate background, she helped me a lot into, you know, when you, was, when you are self-employed, you're small, usually you will, you will target the SME, the small business owner. She helped, she helped me to, to see bigger, yeah. to see the bigger picture. And, and for instance, yeah, last week when I had the, the, the interview with the CEO, she told me, oh, you had an interview with the CEO. It's amazing. You know? Uh-huh. That's and, and, but still, you know, it's like, it's still, yeah, it's still amazing. And having someone yeah. who is always, congratulate you for small moves mm-hmm. it again it, it helps you to uh, when you go home you have something nice to share and you have the girlfriend that is supportive and i think it's it really help a lot uh, small business owner i, th- I think you gave the, a good definition of a, a good support system and a relationship here where she asked you the right question which is quite important and our job as coach is that <laughs> to be able to uh, ask the right question she's here for the ba- the hard time and uh, she's uh, celebrating all the small victories. That's great. Yeah, I think it's good for people to hear, kind of to be able to see like, wait a minute, do, is my partner really a partner or are they kind of toxic and like bringing me down or feeling jealous of what I'm doing and not supportive and, you know, saying things that are not uplifting, but instead like trying to tear you down. I think also many people are probably in, these toxic relationships and they don't even realize it. So mm-hmm. I hope it's helpful. I know it'll be helpful for people to hear what yeah. it sounds like when it's good. Yeah, it sounds very good. I used to be that toxic guy. I, <laughs> I'm always <laughs> the too. asshole in this That's story. why I know. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you want to start a business? I'm going to show you. I'm going to take it over and I'm going to show you how I can do it better than you. <laughs> I was such an asshole. <laughs> it's crazy. And the leading question, the next question for this is, what role do you have in her support system? Very good question. <laughs> so, so she was before more in the corporate environment and mm-hmm. she has also this dream of for her. I think she saw herself at 40 years old, maybe be CEO of a big company or, you know, like head of sales or head, head of HR. This journey of uh, climbing the ladders mm-hmm. and seeing me going to some coffees, you know, dressing up like this, just in T-shirts, sometimes <laughs> flip-flop. <laughs> and being able to handle either uh, people remotely or just handle partners that are overseas that I never meet, but still we are doing business together. She also saw the other aspect of, oh, you know, 
this guy, he has something strange. Yeah. It's like he can do things that she's not able to do. And so I kind of show her more this environment of a self-employed startup. And actually now she's working for a startup for about five months. Yes. And she's super happy. She's going out uh, for some meetings, going to some co-working space, going to some coffees to have a chit-chat with some people and building her network. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy for her because she discovered another world of, you know, the people who are doing a lot of things at the same time, being on different projects at the same time, having to handle different things rather than being super strict in a job and having your position that is very well defined. Uh-huh. But this is your scope and you cannot do anything else, you know, in big corporation usually. Yeah. So I think I kind of help her on that, on uh, seeing also the other way of working and, and now seeing her for, for about six months. Of course, now sometimes it's hard as well uh, in her new company because they are startups. So, you know, in terms of finance and everything, sometimes it's not that easy. But I try to also show her like, oh, you have a very good profile. Look, you have been working in the corporate. Now you are in the, in the startup. It's the perfect uh, situation to be now. Mm-hmm. Especially her startup is into uh, something that is uh, long-term, you know, blockchain and yeah. financing and data exactly. privacy, yeah. fintech. Mm-hmm. And she has the right position. You know, when someone from the corporate is jumping into the, the startup, we are pretty messy sometimes in the way we are doing, like the startup people and the self-employed. Yeah, yeah. But she has the proper... Structure. Uh, structure. She can handle a meeting with a few few CEO. She's not afraid of that. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you are in the startup, those people, those C levels, can be impressed. If you have a young girl, you know, like she's very tiny and she looks like a bamboo girl, and she's able to handle that. Yeah. And so I think yeah, I try to to support her on her new journey. How long have you guys been together? Uh, three years three and years. a half. Yeah, and you're living together now. Yeah. Is it right. Yeah. Very good. I love how, didn't you get so like animated talking yeah. about her? You were like so excited talking about her. I was loving it. <laughs> she was like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like sitting up and like into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. It's it's great. Thanks for all the questions. Uh, I mean, all the answers. I Oh, the, that last one is, is good because I, I think you wanted to talk about your life in right now being in the flow. You, you were mentioning this and I think we wanted to touch upon one of the last questions that we have for you is to touch upon your your habits. We're big on habits here. <laughs> We're coaching habits and time management and everything. So tell us a little bit about, you know, with your new lifestyle right now, what type of daily habits do you have or what it is for you to be in the flow as you described? So, so I used to be, when I was more in digital mobile, again, more fulfilled but by what was around me. So um, discovering new cities, trying to find a mix between your work, but at the same time during the afternoon you can just go and explore the new city you are in. And now with this COVID time, we had to change our way of, of working and of just being happy on a day-to-day basis. And now my new like, schedule, I would say that uh, someday I'm, I, I would be in a creative uh, mindset. So it will be some time away where I can shoot a video or I can try to, to work on a, um, thinking about my business or having a, a, a talk with a partner, talking about, okay, how can we improve processes or just experiencing something new. For instance, this podcast today, you know, I, I never did any podcast and it's pretty, pretty enjoyable. And I would have other days when I would be more into maybe, uh, I don't want to meet so many people, more the introverted part would come. And that day, I think I'm, I'm, I can still either, I don't do anything, what I'm totally fine with that, 
It could be like like cheat uh, cheat day. <laughs> cheat day. So I would just enjoy go to the gym, go to the swimming pool, maybe check a podcast or check mm -hmm. a video, or just uh, do a little bit of working, but more you know from home, and mm -hmm. and having this mix, but accepting. The, the, the cheat days to be able when I have the flow and I have that kind of energy coming out of me, yeah. being able to be more productive and being able to express more what you want to, what you want to share. Mm -hmm. And I think as a creator, I think, uh, Diana, you are the same. Some days you, you feel that this is the day you, you have something when you wake up, you are so excited about the day and someday it's okay. Just uh, let, let, let things go. It can be just, you go to a coffee, work with a friend mm -hmm. and we take things easy. And I think Vietnam has this environment of you have people chilling on a motorbike, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. people sitting for two hours in the coffee watching videos. Uh -huh. So we don't feel so Stressed. guilty. Yeah, Just yeah. have a chilling day like them. Yeah. You know? I'm having a chilling year. <laughs> it's my cheat year. <laughs> Your cheat day is, is my whole week and it's like a productive week where it's like, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is hard to get over that conditioning that we all have from growing up in societies where it's like, do more, do more, do more, like more is better. And I, I've been experiencing this this week as well. I always find myself piling too much on my plate and thinking I can handle it all and, and wanting to do it all, but then burning out. <laughs> so yeah, that's nice to hear that you are intuitively sort of listening to your body and being like, you know what, today is a day of rest, I'm going to chill, because it's so important if we never take that moment to chill, then we're, we're going to be so much less productive in those days that we want to be more creative and productive and active. Yeah. And I think with our job, we can combine this also with, with travel. So uh, even if the, the, the country is, uh, is not open yet, we can still go in a, in a new location of Vietnam. I've been recently to Hagiang, you know, the north, yeah. the, the loop. And I didn't work, but I took it as holiday. And of course, you come back, you have a lot of new ideas, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you will be, oh, I can share that with that. I went with a friend, so I get close to that friend. Mm -hmm. And finally, you, you find yourself, yeah, having be more fulfilled by different aspects. Yeah. I'm someone that likes to think a lot. So, of course, working on, on this project challenged me a lot. And this is what I like. But having also other parts in your life where you would be more maybe in, in a learning time or more being, involving a lot of time in your relationship or in your, with your friends, I think this is how we can grow and, and having, having this kind of energy that lasts for, for years. This is true. very true. That's such a good point about traveling and getting out of your normal space, sort of getting out of a rut, especially when you feel like you're just in that rut of like feeling not creative at all, kind of having a creative block. I always find that going to somewhere new just gets your mind thinking, probably because you're being put in a new environment. So your brain is already looking for new patterns and then you start making all these connections. Yeah, so cool. It seems like you follow your intuition pretty well. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's just, yeah. this is something that, that you know a lot of people that I've met don't, don't get into the habit of doing to, to listen to their intuition. Have you, always, body, yeah. have you always had a good connection with your intuition, do you think? Uh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm someone who can get stressed very easily yeah, yeah. and cannot handle things very properly. So uh -huh. uh, as soon as I have some struggle, uh -huh. so it can be very small. It can be just an appointment at 10 a.m. Uh -huh. If I have an appointment at 10 a.m., 
I'm pretty sure the night before, if it's something related to professional or if there is some challenging behind, really? I won't sleep very well. Okay. So it's more uh, uh, kind of something I know from myself. So I know like the day before, I will try maybe to take things easy. In the morning, I will just try to go chill before 10 a.m. Even if I know I will wake up maybe at 6, yeah, you know. Uh, so it's more, yeah, because I know uh, the way I relax a lot. I try to hack myself a little bit <laughs> and, <laughs> and be able to, uh, yeah. So after uh, the, the meeting at 10, I will be, I will be everything will, will go right, you know. Yeah. Uh, so very good. Did you sleep well last night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's good. It's not, it wasn't too stressful. Did you have any other question? I guess I would say the last one. What do you feel have you learned about yourself in this process of moving abroad, starting a business, starting multiple businesses? What would you say are some things that you've learned about yourself? You've already mentioned some things of being aware of. Okay, I don't sleep well before an important meeting the night before, so I do this. Has there been anything else? I would say it is this journey of always um, trying to find a new direction in your life. I think we feel more fulfilled when we are into the process of doing something rather than reaching that goal. Mm-hmm. I put myself again one uh, one and a half years ago when I was, everything was very good from outside, you know. I had a girlfriend, I had online businesses, every day was... Um, making sales and I could live forever like that. Mm-hmm. But still inside, you feel that you miss something. Why? Because I think I reach already a certain goal. You know, you, you already having something and then yeah, yeah. you need to find how can you go further, change your direction. It can be even just has learned a new language, you know. So I start to learn Vietnamese at that time. I know I was like, yeah, I will start to do sport. I love Vietnamese. But it was not enough. Yeah. I still needed something more challenging into the the... Again, yeah, the professional and the business aspect, because this is something I'm super into. And uh, even if you try to hack yourself by, I'm going to learn that, I'm going to learn that, it's not enough. So, yeah, again, coming back to yourself, what is very important for you and trying to always have goals that you want to achieve, then you will feel that uh, you are every day doing baby step to reach that goal. And it can take one year, it can take two years. As soon as you are in this process, you will be happy. And then... As soon as you get close to that that goal, maybe trying to question yourself into, okay, then what's next? And questioning yourself, maybe doing a one-year recap yeah, or yeah, review yeah. or even maybe asking your friends, like, oh, like, okay, I asking the people that you know well, like, why are they coming to you to ask you questions? Maybe you can learn from this to be able to create new things, to offer first to your friends and in the end to uh, a bigger scope of uh, people. So for anyone listening who might be interested to work with you, how, how would they know if they are a right customer for you? Like, I guess someone listening, what, what problem are they having that you could solve? So right now I'm more focusing on the people who want to move to Asia and want to um, have challenges in their life in terms of more business investment. So uh, this is more the people I'm talking right now. So most of the content I have on the YouTube channel, especially are more dedicated for yeah, those millennials. Maybe they already have a business in France and they want to scale. They want either to open to the Vietnamese market or either use the resources that are in Vietnam uh, to be able to grow. We know Vietnam, for instance, recently I interviewed a friend who is a coffee owner. You can export coffee from Vietnam. There is this big uh, community of IT companies. If you are in the IT sector, I think it's good to at least come to Vietnam to see if you can maybe use 
the talent that is here uh, to grow your company. There is a lot of way to be involved with Vietnam for from a business perspective. So yeah, I encourage if if some of the audience are right now self-employed and they are looking forward to maybe move to Asia, be either digital nomad or either for a long-term perspective want to settle in Vietnam mm-hmm. and to try to use the, the the pros that the country can offer them, then yeah, they can reach me out. I have a bunch of content on YouTube, so we can, they can check first mm-hmm. and then see further. Uh, Put those links in the show notes to yes. move to Asia right on YouTube yeah. and blog. Well, thank you very much, Guillaume. That was uh, that was very, very good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned new things about you and I know you already, so it's, it's quite interesting. And once again, I'll repeat this because, uh, you know, like, I think your English is amazing. <laughs> yes. I, I think you've, you've answered all the questions the, in a way that, that, that brought new information on the table for me. I, you know, I, I love to see the, the transition that you had in, in, in this digital nomad, uh, this, this, this dream. It's good to see, like, you know, what's after digital nomad. And I, th- I feel like yeah. you're, you're the, the right example. There's so many younger people that comes and, and, go through that path of selling online, you know, because money is the most important, having enough money to live that cheap life here in Vietnam. And then it's, you're the perfect example of what's next. You know, like that's it. You've hit all those goals that you've talked about and then you wanted more to fulfill yourself and, and you're right on that path with, you know, this, this supportive relationship, this, this, this new platform that you've created on your own so you can express the things that you want to express. And, and very honestly, I personally can't wait to see your growth. <laughs> so thank you so much, Guillaume. Thank you. And thank you for the invitation. It was yeah. a pleasure to share and to discuss all that. Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Saigon. If you liked this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time.